three, two, one. From Rapid City, South Dakota, and the Hard Rocker Podcast Network. Focusing on stories on and off the playing surface. This is the Hard Rocker Huddle. My name is Josh Van Valkenberg Gernert. Welcome into the 38th episode of the Hard Rocker Huddle. Today, my guest is Hard Rocker men's basketball player Jasper Reynalda. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Josh. Uh, just kind of getting started, um, talk a little bit about, you know, what your life was like growing up, where you're from, what kind of got you interested in sports, interested in basketball. Yeah, so I was born in Arizona um, in the Phoenix metro area, a little suburb called Glendale. Um, lived there until I was 12, and while I was there, I dabbled into a lot of sports when I was young. My parents thought that was really important um, to, you know, teach me how to move. You know, I was a very tall kid. I, I grew really quickly. So I did gymnastics and ballet for a number of years um, when I was young, and then I did some competitive swimming for a little while. Um, that was all really great just to you know teach me how to move. And then when I was 12, we moved to Corvallis, Oregon, which is where I grew up. Um, and there I picked up track and field for a couple of years in middle school and then started doing basketball seriously in the sophomore year of high school. Sure. Uh, talk a little bit about you know some of the other sport involvement you had. You kind of mentioned track and field. Uh, what kind of events and stuff were you doing in track? Yeah, track and field was mostly just for fun. Uh, it was the only school-sponsored sport at my middle school, so everyone did it in the spring. Uh, I did some discus, I did some shot put, uh, so that was fun. You know, it was more for like the community involvement, just being with my friends rather than actually wanting to do the sport. So, which is why I kind of dropped it when I graduated from middle school onto high school. Sure. What was it like uh, growing up in Corvallis? What kind of stuff did you like out there? It's a great town, you know. My my dad attended Oregon State. My mom's from Salem, about forty five minutes up the road, and just the culture and the community of that college town is just wonderful. You know, like going to OSU sporting events and just being around town. It's a small enough town where you see people that you know, but it's big enough that you don't know everyone. So it was a really great place to grow up. Yeah. So did you kind of grow up a Oregon State fan then too? Absolutely. Obviously, your dad yeah. went there, your mom went there. Yeah. Too, when right? I was when we were in Arizona, it definitely was more of like, a, ooh, Oregon State, that's cool. You know, my sister even had already picked that out as where she wanted to go to college before we even moved back to Oregon. Um, but in Corvallis, it was great. You know, we got season tickets to all the basketball games, tailgated for all the football games, and just the culture is so great. It's one of those towns where people will come in for college, leave for a few years, and then they'll they're drawn back somehow. Sure. Um, then once you got into high school, you're, obviously your main focus was basketball. Um, what was kind of, you know, early on, what was kind of the adjustment into getting into high school basketball? Yeah, so that was actually a pretty big adjustment for me because um, my freshman year, right before the season started, I had an injury to my foot. Uh, I broke a couple bones, and that sidelined me for my whole freshman year. So then my sophomore year was really just, like, adjusting back to playing basketball again because I hadn't played since eighth grade. And eighth grade to JV and varsity is a huge step up. Um, so that was just a big, big year for me to kind of adjust. I played some minutes on JV, played some minutes on varsity. And then to into my junior and senior year, I was a starter on my team. And, yeah, it was, it was fun, a lot of fun. Yeah, and you also played club, right? Did you play that throughout your high school career? Yep, so I played two seasons of club um, the summer, like spring and summer after my sophomore year and spring and summer after my junior year. Sure. What was that? Um, I guess you kind of mentioned high school being a transition. Club can even be more intense, especially playing basketball in the winter season and then you don't really get a break you go right into the club season yeah that was a, that was a pretty big one because our first club practices were like the weekend after the state tournament and then you know you're playing four plus games a weekend every weekend through the spring and then june is summer ball back with high school and then you're into camps and tournaments all summer long 
but it was really great for me because at that point the biggest thing I needed was game reps like I had plenty of time in the gym you know with my trainer working with my dad stuff like that but just the game reps were really valuable for me sure uh what was it you know some of your memories you know back Corvallis playing for your high school team playing for your club team you kind of mentioned playing in some state tournaments what was that kind of experience like it was great. You know, the the culture at my high school was really awesome. It was really supportive. It's very similar to here where, like, all the other athletes would be at all the basketball games. We'd go to the football games, soccer games, all that. So it was really supportive. Um, there was, yeah, good crowds, good community involvement. Uh, my my junior year, we were playing. We were pretty good. We were top top three or four in the conference. But there was this one team, Silverton, that was perennially perennial powerhouse. Um, they had been beating everyone for years. And we played them really tight at home. Um, we were we were down like four all game basically just battling back and forth back and forth. We get down two. There's like five seconds on the clock. We foul them. They miss both free throws. I get the rebound, chuck it up the court. They tip it out of bounds. One second on the clock. We're inbounding it right in front of our basket, and the guy decides to front me. And so I'm sitting right on the block. My teammate throws it up to me. Perfect pass. Catch it. Tip it in. Tie game. Overtime. We beat them in overtime. Their only league loss in like the last five seasons. Oh, that's a pretty cool experience, so for that was, sure. That was yeah. real fun. Everyone went nuts. It was a great morale thing for the team. Yeah, for sure. You said that was your junior year? Yep, that was my junior year. And then senior year, I know you wound up being, you averaged like 15 points a game, 12 rebounds a game, like five blocks a game. Yeah. What was it like, you know, being able to have that kind of season? Oh, it was great. You know, my, my team really kind of learned to play around me, especially on the defensive end. We played a 2-3 zone, and everyone else, their job was to basically, like, if you get beat, try to funnel them to me and then let me go block a shot. So that was that was really great, you know, just continuing to grow into my body and learn. And, you know, as I was lifting more weights, starting to develop my frame more. Sure, and then when did you kind of realize that, I guess, when did you first start to kind of love basketball? That would have been right around, you know, eighth grade, freshman, sophomore year, high school. Sure. Uh, my, my eighth grade coach was an old OSU player who was really close to my dad and all that, that whole community. He was great, really big, big influence on me, and he really showed me that, like, you don't have to be good at everything, just be good at what you are and be who you are. Um, and then, you know, going into my sophomore year, starting to play club, that's really when I developed the love for it. Sure. And then, uh, obviously, you wound up playing in college. What kind of, I guess, when did it start to... When did you start to realize that college basketball might be something that was an option for you? Yeah, so that's always been a dream of mine. You know, my dad played for Oregon State in the late 80s. Um, and, you know, as I played basketball in middle school and going into high school, I really thought, like, this is a great opportunity to get to see a different part of the world and get my education at the same time. You know, have this wonderful experience. It teaches you the values of hard work and teamwork and things like that. That'll transfer into industry and careers. Um, but, you know, around my junior and senior year, I was really looking into – you know, reaching out to schools, going on some unofficial visits here and there. I had a pretty close relationship with Oregon State, and they were really uh, helpful for me with forming my recruiting process. I played a couple open gyms with them. Their coaches were really, really helpful with that, um, just visiting schools here and there. And then kind of towards my senior year, I started to realize that I was very young for my year. Like, I was still 17 when I graduated high school. Um, and so at that point, I decided to take a post-grad year which uh, actually worked out really well because that was when the pandemic hit, spring of 2020. I was kind of looking to make that decision, and everything in the States was kind of shut down. But over in Europe, they were handling it slightly differently, and they were able to play. So I utilized my dual citizenship. Um, my dad grew up in the Netherlands, and then I spent six months living over there with my family and playing basketball. 
So how much time had you spent in the Netherlands before kind of going over there for your postgrad year? A lot, actually. We used to go over there pretty much every summer um, for four or five weeks. You know, my grandparents on my dad's side lived in this tiny little town, farming town, no stoplights. Um, but my grandpa was the headmaster at the school there for his entire career, basically 35, 40 years. Um, and he was a huge figure in the community. And so he arranged for us to be able to attend the last week and a half, two weeks of school at this little elementary school there. And that was just super fun. And then, you know, we'd go camping um, with my cousins. So that was, that was just great. So what are some of the differences, you know, you see, like, obviously you didn't grow up there full time, but what were some of the, maybe the cultural differences between there and here? The sports culture is very different because of the way it's organized in Europe. Um, they have a club system rather than through the schools. So like at the middle school and high school level, it's organized by age groups. So you have a 14U, a 16U, an 18U, a 20U, and a 22U. Um, and within those groups, those are organized by the clubs, and then you'll like go to school completely separate from that. So sure. there's a lot less spirit, I'd say, because that's one of the big things that I love about the American system is you have class with people that are playing sports for your school, sure. and that gets that brings these crowds, that gets things like homecoming for football going crazy. Um, so that was that was definitely different. But when I was over there, I attended some school at an athlete-specific school, so then the sports culture was a little different because everyone was still going to class together. Sure. And then there, they also, there's usually like a pro team and then a non-pro team, but you played for the pro team, right? I played for the uh, under-21 division of one of the pro teams. That's kind of how they organize it, is a lot of these pro teams, they'll have these youth feeder programs for the local youth, and then when they have the players who are, you know, coming up in those programs, then they'll get a call up to those bigger teams. So was that, how did you kind of, I guess, find out, was this close to where your family was from, or did they kind of recruit you, or how did that, like, work out? Yeah, so as I was looking into um, doing a postgrad year, that was one of the places that I was considering, and uh, I have two cousins, one of them's a year older than me, the other's a year younger. The older one had played with that same club um, program, um, had ended up playing with their professional team and did some national team stuff. Uh, when he was in high school, he is currently playing at Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois. Um, he's a great guy. Love him to death. Um, but that was that was the connection that was made there. Um, and then when I was over there, I was able to play with my younger cousin. Sure. Um, he was a year younger than me, but he was playing up on my team. So that was just wonderful, you know, getting to bike to practice together, getting to work out together, and then just hanging out. That was really, 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 yeah, just great, great connection. Yeah, and what was that experience like for that year playing, or six months, or however long playing for that team? Did you already kind of speak the language? How, do, how does that transition kind of work? Yeah, you? so I was raised fully bilingual, okay. um, so I speak both English and Dutch completely fluently. Um, but over there, our coach was an American guy. He coached for San Jose State back in the 70s and 80s, um, and so we just spoke English on the court. Um, so that was that was pretty easy. But just connecting with my teammates is also super easy because, like, I'm a fully native speaker. Um, I I know all the cultural things, and all that. So that was great. Um, but it was busy. It was a busy year. Uh, in the beginning of it, when we were still allowed to like play games and go full contact practices, we'd have skill workouts from eight to ten in the morning, um, and then school from eleven to four, and then practice from five to seven in the evening. Um, with the team, so that was that was very busy, but it was it was great. It was exactly what I needed at that time. A lot more focus on the skill development after I had gotten all those game reps in high school. Sure, and then while you were there, you kind of restarted your recruiting process. What did that kind of look like? What schools? Obviously, you wound up going to MSU Bozeman. 
um, what what other schools maybe were you interested in, and how did that recruiting process go? Yeah, I mean, one of the big things for me was the engineering program. Um, that was not something I was willing to compromise on because I knew that I, you know, have a propensity for math and science, and I wanted to pursue that. So that was that was a big thing for me. The other thing I was really looking for was a college town, um, or like kind of a smaller place. I didn't really want to go to a school in a huge city, um, and so places like Bozeman really stood out to me. Sure. And then spent a year there. You redshirted, decided you wanted to come to South Dakota Mines. How did that kind of come about? Yeah, so my, my redshirt year was a wonderful experience. I got a ton of time in the weight room and just a ton of time like working on my basketball IQ uh, with watching so much film with that team and being on scout team every week. That really taught me how to read the game in a completely different way than I did in high school. Um, but then towards the end of the year, I was looking for somewhere where I could have an easier combination of the academics and the athletics part. Um, so that was kind of difficult when none of my teammates were studying similar things to me. Um, but then coming here, you know, I have class with four or five of my teammates in all of my engineering classes. That's just wonderful. I, I'm a big fan of that. You know, you can study together. You're all kind of in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of mentioned you knew you wanted to be an engineer. So was South Dakota Mines a pretty obvious choice from the beginning, or were there other kind of schools you considered as well? Yeah, I was looking at some some tech schools here and there, but my one of the coaches at Montana State, the assistant coach who coaches the posts, played for Coach Glenn back in the day when Coach Glenn was at Wyoming. Um, so that was kind of the connection that was made there. My coach at Montana State, Coach Haslam, reached out to Coach Glenn, got talking together, and then I came on a visit in late April. And after that, the decision was pretty easily made. Sure. Yeah, and you grew, obviously you grew up in Corvallis. Um, what was that kind of transition like? I know Bozeman's not the biggest town, and then Rapid City, too. So what was it kind of like to adjust to those, I guess, smaller cities? Honestly, not that bad. I mean, Corvallis is just under 60,000 people these days, um, and so Bozeman was just a little smaller than that. Rapids a little bigger, but it's the, the town, the culture of the town is very similar. Um, so that was, that was pretty easy. And then, obviously, this is a very heavy academic-focused school. Um, was there a transition there from what well, you kind of did your first year in Bozeman to so far here? Um, it's been different, I would say, because my first two semesters, I knew I was redshirting, and I knew I wasn't traveling, and so I really loaded up on credits. I got all of my like prerequisites and course things out of the way. I was taking 18 and 19 credits my first two semesters, so that was really busy, but a lot of that was like math and sciences that I would have needed to take anyway um, to get into my engineering courses, but here with uh, the more engineering heavy stuff, I'm really enjoying it. The professors in the industrial engineering department are great. They're really, I, I vibe really well with their teaching style, so that's been going well. And then obviously you haven't played a ton yet. What has that kind of been like? You know, how do you kind of stay, I guess, game ready when you haven't really gotten a chance? How are you practicing? And then obviously I see you on the bench. You stay positive, so that's not an issue. But how do you kind of, you know, give to your team while not being able to play every night. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I can contribute at this point is my contributions in practice because these guys, Mort, Jackson, they're playing against me every single day, and I am bigger than anyone they're ever going to play against. And so I think that's just a really valuable thing for them because they get to body up against a 7'3", 300-pound guy in the post every day in practice. You know, the guards have to shoot over my length, and I think that's a, that's a really valuable thing for them to be able to adjust to in games. Sure. And what about, you know, personal growth? How have you felt that you've improved, you know, this year? Um, people think that, 
you know, it's all about improving in games, but there's so much improvement that goes on in practice, that goes on in the weight room. How have you kind of used that to improve your game this year? Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the things that really drew me in here is Coach Glenn. He's huge on using the posts, and that's kind of a dying art, in my opinion, um, is like the true true post-up game. Um, and so he's been really great with working with us in individual workouts and working in some small group stuff in practice. Uh, so that's been really really useful for me just getting a feel back for the game because I didn't really get a ton of five-on-five reps um, last year when I was redshirting and then when I was during my post-grad year um, I ended up coming home early because COVID shut everything down we were just in individual workouts for a while so I haven't had a ton of um, game experience in the last few years so just getting my feel back for that I think my quickness is improving my lateral speed and running up and down the court is getting better and then just in the weight room you know strength is a huge thing for me with my play style it's come along really well coach carl is great and then what are some of your you know personal goals you know on the court for the rest of the year you know what 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 kind of areas are you looking to improve and to hopefully be able to get a little more bit more run in the future yeah i mean i think one of the things that coach really is looking for at this point is defense um and i think with my length and size i can be a really big presence with that inside altering shots um but i think the other the big thing for me is quickness you know i'm such a big body i got to be able to move uh, and so that's something that i really focus on and really work on sure and then let's talk a little bit about the team so far this year obviously there's been a ton of improvement especially on the offensive side of the ball you know Brevin from this year to last year I know you weren't here last year but he's really taken his game up a notch now you got Ali back still have Mort you know there's a lot of talent on the roster and it's showing in the games you know I know there's been some there's been, I think, four or five games where it easily could have gone the opposite way. I think there were two or three point losses. What do you guys hope to do as a team kind of the rest of the year to be able to close out some of those games and, you know, keep winning? Yeah, like you said, we've got we've got some crazy firepower on the offensive end. We've got guys who could go off for 20, 30, 40 on any given night. Um, and so I think the biggest thing for us is really just to lock in mentally and defensively. Um, offense, take care of the ball a little bit better and then be able to make those couple of stops that can turn those close games into our favor. Um, like we on Friday, we had that game where uh, Colton Fergoli drew a charge right at the end. Um, that really that really was a huge defensive stop for us, and just getting more and more of those will help us win those close games going forward. And the RMAC is a really competitive league, which I love. You know, you're never going to go out and not be a battle. Yeah. Every, every game is a battle. And that's just, yeah, just getting those, getting those stops, taking care of the ball. It'll be good. Coach is really harping on that in film and in practice. So I think we'll, I think we'll get there. Yeah. And then what were, what are, I guess, some of your goals, you know, as a team for the remainder of the year where obviously RMAC playoffs are a big, you're, you're on pace to get there and it's obviously a big goal, but beyond that. Yeah. I mean, absolutely battling for a playoff spot and, you know, the better seating we get, the better that we're going to end up. Um, and I think if we can, figure out all these things, get everything to lock in and click, and really have that peak at the end of the season, I think we can be a very dangerous team. Yeah, you, you kind of mentioned some of the toughness of the opponents in the RMAC, and it really is a grind. Obviously, you have BH, who's kind of at the top of the league, but they just lost mm-hmm. to Colorado Mesa, who's now won nine in a row. We saw them on, I guess, Saturday, and they're, I mean, they're good. you got Colorado Mines, who's in the top 20 for Lewis. You've already played some of these teams, and I mean, you've played with them for the most part outside of that first half against BH. But what's it kind of like to be able to, 
I guess, what does it do for you as a team to see that you can compete and win some of those games against those top-tier opponents? Confidence. It gives us a lot of confidence because, like you said, other than that first half against BH, you know, we're battling with them. You know, we lost to Colorado Mines by less than 10. A lot of these games have been quite close, and we're really seeing, like, if we can come out, out of the gates locked in and just battle with these teams back and forth, back and forth, you know, we make some plays down the stretch. They don't make plays those losses can turn into wins really quickly. Yeah, for sure. And then upcoming, you have uh, CSU Pueblo on Friday and then back at BH again next Tuesday. Um, what are you kind of doing this week in practice? What what are, obviously don't give me anything, anything too in-depth, but, you know, what does this week in practice look like to prepare for those games? Yeah, like I said, we're really looking to lock in defensively. Um, that can be a big big factor for us in making some of these games be wins in our favor um so coach is pushing us pretty hard but it's good we're getting a lot of live situations in and figuring out how we can exploit the way teams are guarding us because um, we have so much firepower we have so many options it's really just about getting the guys open looks um getting the ball moving a lot more so okay switching gears a little bit um you mentioned you're an industrial engineering major um, what is that kind of pro? Is is that Carter Kirk? He's the yep, Dr. yeah. Kirk. Everyone has great things to say about him. What he what's he been like, and what's kind of the program been like for you so far? Yeah. So when I when I came on my visit here in April, um, one of the first things that they had me do is meet with Dr. Kirk. I sat down with him for about an hour, and he just talked about the program. But also, we just talked as people, and that was really wonderful. The interpersonal connection with these smaller class sizes at the smaller school is really great. You know, none of my engineering classes have been more than thirty people. Sure. And to put that in some perspective, last year at Montana State, I was in a Chem 1 lab. There were like 350 people in that, and that was one of four sections. Um, so it's really easy to get lost when there's, you know, 300, 350 people in your classes. But when there's only 20 to 30, there's so much more individual attention and in personal connection with your professors. That's been wonderful. You know, I had Dr. Kirk for my safety engineering course um, last fall, and that was, that was a great class. I've had a lot of classes with Dr. Piper. Um, he's been one of my favorite professors as well. And then, um, personally, kind of how have your relationships grown with the other guys on the basketball team? This is probably one of the best locker rooms I've been in, in terms of team chemistry. You know, we're always doing things together on and off the court. Like, it's, we're battling together in practice, but the second you step off the court and back into the locker room, it's fine, you know. You might, I might set a really hard screen on someone in practice, and then after practice, it's like, hey, my bad, man, you all right? All good. And then, you know, like in the fall, we were going to all the football games, volleyball games, things like that together. And, just, you know, when we're on the road for all these hours, sitting in the bus for so long, it's really nice to be with your best friends. Yeah. And talk a little bit about how that, that just being really close like that helps you guys on the court. It, it helps you encourage each other, and it also helps you get after each other a little bit because you know that the person who's getting on getting after you has your the best intentions and has what's good for the team in mind. Sure. And then for kind of going back to you again, um, do you know kind of what you want to do? You obviously talked about how you always kind of wanted to be an engineer. Do you have any idea what you want to do specifically within engineering at this point, or are you still kind of trying to figure it out? I'm still kind of trying to figure it out. This is only my second year of college, and I'm really just now diving into my engineering courses. So... Um, I've been doing some exploratory conversations with people I know within the engineering industry um, in you know, a variety of things, safety, mining, um, renewable energy. 
So I'm kind of just gathering information, um, hoping to get some internships in the next couple summers. Sure. Yeah, I know internships are a big, big deal here. I know we have the job fair coming up this spring, and it's one of the bigger, one of the bigger ones around. So, are you planning on doing? Planning on attending that? Absolutely. Yeah, I've got some, got some homework to do to see what companies I want to go to and then print some copies of my resume and head out there. Thank you for listening to The Hard Rocker Huddle with host Josh Van Bulkenberg Gernert. Follow on Apple and Spotify.